Praise God, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to the On Earth As It Is In Heaven podcast. Romans 12.5 says, We who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. The goal of this podcast is to help all members of God's church establish God's kingdom here on earth by learning and discussing his principles Through these discussions, we hope to facilitate actions that will create heaven on earth. I'm your host, JB, and I'm going to start us off with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to come together in fellowship. You said wherever two or three are gathered in your name, you would be there. And so we thank you that your presence is here with us right now. We thank you that you are in the homes and the cars In the ears of every listener right now, Father, wherever they are, there is no distance in time and space that you cannot reach, that your spirit cannot go. I thank you, Lord, that those that you have called to hear this episode of On Earth as It Is in Heaven have been brought here for a reason. You have a message and a specific word for them. It is not by accident that they are here. It is not just a coincidence, Lord that they're hearing this episode. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would show yourself to them, that you would manifest in their lives in a way to confirm every word that they hear today, Lord, is for them. I pray that people would be blessed through this message, Lord, the ones who hear it and the ones that receive a blessing from the people who hear it and go out and do your will and purpose. We thank you, Father, that We were all once in need of a savior. We still are in need of a savior. But for those who have received you, Lord, we thank you for that. And we pray for the harvest to continue to happen. That those who have already received you, that we don't just sit back and relax and wait for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we enter into the purpose that you have created us for, Lord. That we would operate in the love that you have for all souls on this earth. And that we will seek those, Father, that you love, that you have ordained to be chosen to live eternally with you. Well, I ask right now, Heavenly Father, that we would decrease as you increase, that your word would flow through, that anything that comes against this message that you have prepared, Father, will be stopped right now in the name of Jesus. We give you the praise. We give you the thanks. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining another episode of On Earth As It Is In Heaven. Today's guest is a a good friend of mine that I met some years ago now, Severin. And I'm going to go ahead and let you just go ahead and tell a little bit about you, your your ministry, your background in the faith. And go go ahead. Well, thank you, yeah. JB, for inviting me. It's been a while. We haven't kicked that soccer ball together. Yes, yes. <laughs> I should say football. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so anyway, my name is Severin, and so they call me Sev. It's easier for American. I'm from Cameroon, which is a central part of Africa. I was born in the Southern African Republic. It's a K- K- Cameroon? Cameroon. Cameroon. Cameroon, yes. okay. That's in the central part of Africa. That's where I'm from. And so I'm a Methodist. Uh, so, you know, I back there, I served as the youth director for the Methodist Church, the national youth director for the Methodist Church, before actually going on a mission a missionary training. 
mm-hmm. and then I've been assigned to serve as a missionary in Brazil oh. with a project called Sombra Eva Fresca. Okay. Uh, in English, it's Shade and Fresh Water. Okay. And so I'm moved in San Luis since September 2017. Okay. You were in Brazil then? Yes, I was okay. in Brazil for two years, okay. 2015 to 2017 okay uh, june and so i came to the u.s to st louis specifically uh-huh. in and why st louis september 2017 okay why st louis actually the superintendent back in cameroon you know, originally was supposed to go to virginia mm-hmm. to work with youth youth group in, okay uh, methodist church yeah in virginia springfield virginia okay but uh, i've met them in brazil we served in brazil they went on a missionary trip in brazil mm-hmm. and i was the translator back in brazil Okay. And so we made a good connection. So they said, well, we would like to sit since you are very, you know, the, the youth appreciated you a lot. So we would like you to come, you know, if you ever come to the U.S. to come and work with us. Okay. And so when I came, you know, with also my missionary background and my, the superintendent who has his son, his children here, Chris mm-hmm. and George. Oh, okay. So these are the, uh, this is the superintendent of Methodist Church in Cameroon. Reverend Dr. Njungu Kemba. Yeah. And so he's the one actually, he told me, I don't know people in Virginia, uh-huh. but I have my son, you know, in St. Louis. Yeah. I know them. And there, with you being in St. Louis, it will be, I will feel comfortable having him in St. Louis instead of, you know, in uh-huh. Virginia. Okay. That I don't know. And I guess he was right because of, you know, coming from, from Africa, you don't have any family here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really hard. And so you, you believe that I needed this, you know, but you know, this route mm-hmm. to have kind of a, a sense of structure, family structure. Yeah. So that's why he asked me to come to San Luis. Okay. Yeah. And currently I serve, I serve with Inexalsis, which is a nonprofit that serve the unhoused population in San Luis. So which will definitely, you know, with JB, we can go in depth with what Inexalsis is about. and. Okay. Yeah. And and you talked about Chris was the superintendent. Uh, and Chris's and father. Chris's father is yes. the superintendent. Yes. Okay. He was a superintendent in Cameroon. Okay. He was like the he was like the archbishop in Cameroon. The okay. Head of the, the Methodist Church in Cameroon. Okay. Yes. So so real quick, the way me and Severin connected yes. was in some pick up pick up soccer games or pick up pick up football games, you know, <laughs> yes, that, you. That, yeah, <laughs> that, that we used to play at the, the Wash U field, you know, yes. we didn't play for Wash U, you know, but we you know, <laughs> played a bunch of guys would come together. It seemed like daily at that time. Weren't we doing oh, that like yeah, every day? Every day, you know, <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you, it was a therapy for me personally, uh-huh. because at that time I had to go through paperwork just to get my paperwork right to be able to work. Mm-hmm. And so someone that has been always active, you know, being productive, yeah. you know, doing something, just sitting there doing nothing, mm-hmm. you know, while waiting on your paperwork to go through, it was hard on my on myself yeah. mentally and emotionally too. And so the time, pick, you know, pickup was like for yeah. me a therapy. Yeah, you know, yeah. For me. I will say it saved my life. I definitely understand the feeling. And yeah. I'm sure if there's any athletes watching, like, you know, <laughs> sports can be a major therapy. Oh. You know, a therapy that you don't need words for, you know. Yeah. You know, you free just. Therapy. Yes. <laughs> free therapy. Free therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a bunch of group of us. And that's where I met Severin playing soccer. Yeah. 
and the you know Chris and George, you know they were there. The, the guys were t- speaking about here, and were they bro- their brothers? Right, their brothers. Yes. Their brothers. Yeah. yeah. And Chris is a, a local pastor here. Yes, he, he he started a church, the Way. Ministry. Okay, yeah, the Way. Yeah, okay, so the Way in South Lindbergh. Okay, yes, he's pastor there. So. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean that that was such a good time. Yeah, and George, just for for the record, George and myself, we served as missionaries together. Oh, okay, we got trained. you. Okay, actually, we were trained. We did the same training. Yeah, and so myself, when I was in 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 Brazil, uh-huh. George was serving in Japan. Oh, okay. Yes, he was serving okay. in Japan. I didn't realize you guys had like gone that, you yeah, know. Yeah, so you were serving in Japan. Uh-huh. And so the program, which is called the Global Global Mission Fellow, mm-hmm. this program actually, you know, is for the Methodist Church that provides, you know, opportunity to youth, a young, young adult in the church yeah. to go out of, out of their, you know, local context to go and actually serve. Okay. And so that program actually took us to, to Japan also for training. We mm-hmm. were there, you know, we were in Japan for training. And even the, my first time coming to the U.S., it was in, in Georgia. Okay. And yeah, that same year, 2017. Okay. In, in May. And so when I came here after the training, and end of service, you know, conference, I went back to Brazil, went back home, and then came back to the U.S. Man, okay. So, but the, the route... So Chris's father, he's the superintendent. Is that considered the head? So is he the head of the? Yes. So because it, you know, this is how the Methodist Church is structured. Okay. So you have what is called the General Conference. Uh huh. The General Conference is is like you know it's where all the annual you know conferences okay come together. Okay. So you have the General Conference. You have the annual conferences. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, the, dis- the district. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the district. Oh, you have general, central, annual, and district. Okay. Locals. So, and it's like reverse pyramid. You know, like you mm-hmm. have, like the local church is actually the foundation. It's like, yeah. it's the top of the, you know, the, the pyramid. It's like okay. the highest, like uh-huh. the local. Then we have district, which is, you know, you gather local churches of a certain mm-hmm. area together, they form the district. And then you have the national, you know, which is called, you know, the annual conference. Gotcha. Okay. I get what you you're know, saying. Like yeah. For instance, in the U.S., they have, since it's a huge, you know, church here, they have annual conferences and they have actually central conferences. Yeah. You have like the West Virginia, you know, you have this and stuff yeah. like that. And Cameroon is not an annual conference. Mm-hmm. Cameroon, it's a mission initiative. Okay. Because, you know, we haven't gotten to the level to become like an annual conference on its own. Mm-hmm. So as a mission initiative, you were under the conference of Cote d'Ivoire because that's where you become an annual conference where when you you have a bishop. Okay. And so if you don't, you know, as a mission initiative, now the head of the church will be like the representative of the bishop, which mm-hmm. is the, you know, the superintendent, the mission superintendent. Okay. And okay. so Chris's dad and George's dad, he was the mission superintendent. Okay. Uh, reporting to the bishop in Cote d'Ivoire. I'm, I'm, and I'm just thinking because if you're, you're in Brazil, yeah. you're in Japan, you're in the U.S., yeah. You know, that organization has to have tight ties and has to operate very well together. Absolutely. You know, the, the, what I love so much about the Methodist Church mm-hmm. uh, is the fact that, you know, it's a universal, universal church. 
you know, when when once you you belong to a church like a local church, mm -hmm. you belong to the entire church. Yeah, yeah. And so there is this connection. We call it it's a connectional church. Yeah. And so you have this connection, connection, whatever you go. Yeah. So, you know, I love that because it reminds me of when the Bible talks about the members of the body of Christ. Yes. You know, and we're all members one of another, you know, so, you know, this part, one, one group might be the finger, the other one's the arm, the other's the leg, Absolutely. the foot, the others, you know, we all have different parts, but when you join the family of Christ and mm -hmm. you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're engrafted into that family. Absolutely. You know, and that was the, you know, the gospel. And I always talk to my kids about that. The, the too good to be true news, you know, for the Gentiles, the ones who weren't God's chosen people initially, you know, that wasn't the Israelites. And, you know, we know in the Old Testament, it was just for them. And Jesus comes and, and brings the new covenant with the crucifixion and the resurrection. And now all who receive him by faith through grace, you know, can be engrafted into this family and come into reconciliation with God, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I feel like you're that, that organization, the Methodist church is like the perfect image of, of that, you know, and which we're called to do. We're called to imitate Absolutely. that and show God's love and, and imitate the, the church of Christ. Yes. You know? Absolutely. And so I, I've already felt home, you know, I, I feel home whatever I go to a Methodist church, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, not only just about the Methodist church, because, you know, back in Cameroon, when I was the youth director, I had this, you know, all I was always opening up for other youth from other denomination for the seventh day, you know, Adventist. Oh yeah, seventh together. day Adventist. So yeah. we come together with mm -hmm. the Methodist church so we can have like maybe a concert together, just to yeah. come together, you know, because the concept, you know, the, the, the concept in Cameroon, like mm -hmm. the current situation with the, the rift between the French speaking Cameroon, Cameroonians and the English speaking Cameroonians, mm -hmm. it's been a huge, huge problem. And yeah. so as, you know, being entrusted that, you know, responsibility, mm -hmm. I always felt, you know, compelled to be able to bring different yeah you know area of cameroon like youth together yeah and so for me it's, it's just never it has never been like you know just a religion or like mm -hmm. a denomination yeah so i work with you know even jehovah witnesses I work okay with yeah Catholic, mm -hmm. you know and just bring us together let's yes. get together yes and you know just and find the common mm -hmm. point that unites us yes yes you see and because as the example that I always take, I say, well, your friends, for instance, mm -hmm. people that you befriend with, yeah, out there, they necessarily are not from your family. They are not, you know, from the same region. Mm -hmm. like, for instance, I'm an African, JP's, and then uh, you know, American, mm -hmm. and so you befriend people, yeah, right, yeah. You, the reason why you know we are friends because we found like a common. Interest. Yes, you know something that unites us. Yeah, and so and then we build around it. Mm -hmm. I believe it's the same. We can apply the same concept with you know with Christianity. Yes, yeah. So just to build that, you know, to not think about denomination methods. Yeah, this you know, we all the same. You know, just to find common what binds us together. 
on my way. I want to say it was, it was on the way back. I saw in February I did a mission trip to Honduras. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, wow, yeah, how yeah. Was it? <laughs> but on the way back, I was in. We were in the airport. We were in line, and there was a group of. It might have been Seventh Day Adventists, or mm-hmm. it, it was. It was another denomination that's you know that doesn't flow quite with you know other ones. But it was a. It was a group of young people. They were going on. They were getting ready to go out for like two years. Wow. Yeah, on their mission trip. I think they said the girls go out for a year and a half. The guys go out for two years. But I just, you know, I I, really, I heard them talking. And I'm like, you know, they are for Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know their exact beliefs on all of it. But again, I found, I heard common ground yes. as it relates to our faith. Absolutely. And I started talking um, to them. I'm like, oh, you guys are going on a mission trip? I just finished a mission trip. You know, <laughs> you guys are going to go talk about Jesus? I just I just finished talking yeah. about Jesus, you know? Yeah. And I feel like even if you feel like another denomination isn't quite, you know, what you think it should be, again, you got to find that common ground. God calls us to be united, not divided, to show love. And who knows, you know, you could come start coming around to some of the stuff that they believe or the opposite, but I think it, ha- it can't be agenda. It can't have an agenda. That's what I feel like. You can't go into this with the mindset, I'm going to change this person. I feel like that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know? Yes. And so you find that common ground, you come into a relationship with them, you know, over, you know, if we're in agreement over Jesus, bam, there, there we go on that. There may be some side doctrine or some practices that, yeah. You may not necessarily agree with, but just be willing to hear whatever the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Like maybe he will give you instruction to speak something to them that will help change their heart or their mind on any specific doctrine. You know, that you have may that you may have more experience with. But if not, you know, unity, mm-hmm. unity, you yes. know, the division doesn't help anything, you know, to argue and to quarreling. The Bible says quarreling is unprofitable. You know, and so I I love that that you talked about that, about, you know, coming together on that common ground. Yes. You know, as long as we're in agreement over Jesus, cool. Bam. That's that's the, the main centerpiece. And then, you know, you can build upon that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There is one thing that, you know, when the the miracle was when where Jesus actually fed like five thousand people mm-hmm. one in the Bible right yeah and so so when we discussed you know I have the uh, I said hey do you think all the five thousand people were there when it was preaching right so we don't know if they were all there and so but they found a common ground to come together at least football for instance was a common ground yeah right <laughs> and so they came together yeah. and mm-hmm. so they led all the differences aside and yeah. they were able to be there yeah you know just if it was food that was given by jesus because yeah they were there you know it was a common ground right to accept one another and you know uh, it, it wasn't saying they were pharisees or they were samaritans mm-hmm. or you know it was to say five thousand people yeah Man, I love the story of the Good Samaritan. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to try to stay on task today. Yes, we're, please. We're <laughs> but the Good Samaritan, man, that, <laughs> yes. man, that, that causes some self-reflection. If yeah. you have, if you don't know the story of the Good Samaritan, look it up and, and read about it because that is a really good image of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to read in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 mm-hmm. through 4. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. 
If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And what I really love about this scripture is it's it's really speaking on motive. And that, you know, that's really what it's addressing. Yes. Why are you doing what you're doing? You know, are you doing this because you want to get a selfie, you know, and then get attention or get rewarded, you know, from the people around? You know, what does that look like? And I, I literally was just talking to my kids. The same action can have different motives. Yes. You know, because I know some people will take this super far. If you take any type of picture or any type of posting or say anything about helping the needy, they're like, oh, you know, you shouldn't do that. And I don't believe that's what this is talking about. It's addressing the motive. Okay. And it's the people who really have the heart for God, who are serving those who are in need. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is the motive, the true motive. The Bible says God weighs the heart, you know? And so I feel like, you know, why you're doing what you're doing is truly important. I'm wondering if you could actually share a little. I know we talked a little bit at our, we had a, a breakfast the one morning and yes. uh, we talked a little bit about kind of what you do with helping the homeless in your street ministry. I was wondering if you yes. could share a little bit about that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much yeah. for, you know, bringing that up. Again, I was reading it, I think it was in the book of John chapter 15, um, verse 13, I believe. So, mm-hmm. where I think it says there's no bigger love than giving yourself mm-hmm. like Jesus and showing this love does just paraphrasing. And so the ministry that we do in Exalcis through in Exalcis, which is focused towards the homeless population in St. Louis and also on house veterans. So mm-hmm. oh, I, I, don't, I don't know what you mentioned that part before. I didn't know that. So we, we, we serve veterans and also like on house. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be a good term. And so the, the thing is, is just to provide them with dignity, you know, to, to let them understand that it doesn't matter, you know, what you wear. It doesn't matter, you know, what shoes or where you live or, you, mm-hmm. you know, that you I see you, you're a person. Yeah. You know, and so you, you have dignity. So in Excelsis, we, in Excelsis, that's what we really want to serve people. We have with, you know, patient compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, to be compassionate, but with patience. Yeah. So it's the patient compassion and, uh, you know, in, intentional respect. Yeah. Intentional. Mm-hmm. And also unfailing love. They're just so, to, to love them regardless of, you know, whatever, you know, they're yeah. going through just to, to be a witness, a witness of Christ's love. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have like, we have uh, four major programs. Mm-hmm. We have what is called the community fellowship or community outreach. Okay. This is what helps us, you know, through that program, we provide them with, you know, we have case management. So in the case management, you have birth certificate, you have ID, you have social okay. number and this kind of stuff. And so... That's really awesome. Yeah. So we have people that actually, you know, our clients, so we, you know, they don't have a birth certificate, yeah. for instance. So we go with them with the process and help them to get, you know, a birth certificate, then ID, then, you know, get a copy of the social security. Mm-hmm. And so the training, you know, just to, to, to show them a supporting system that believe in, in them. And yeah. So they can, 
actually dared to, to try it. I remember there was a young man, he, they called me at the shelter, they called mm -hmm. me and say, hey, well, so far, just to sake up, you know, we would call him Chuck. I said, well, hey, Chuck has, a, you know, today is celebrating his 30th, 31st day anniversary of, you know, being clean up the mm -hmm. And so I went there, picked him up and take, uh, take him to, you know, downtown and said, yeah. hey, what would you like? I said, I need a, I think I need a haircut. And so yeah. I went there and he had a really beautiful haircut. And then on the way back and told him, hey, you know, just, uh, this is just to tell you that if you, there is, there is help out there. Mm -hmm. Whenever you, you want to actually put things together, you will find people to help you. Mm -hmm. And so there was a time we came together and then I asked him, hey, David, not Chuck, please tell me, mm -hmm. why did you decide to, to give up on, you know, substance, you know, like your cravings? Yeah. And he looked at me and said, because your team, you and your team actually showed me that you care. Yeah. And so um, he, I told to myself, I better myself, I better put my things together. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I decided to, to give it up. Yeah. And so imagine, and along the way, so there is a program that the city actually put it, uh, put together. It's called Get Help. Yeah. It's where you can, you know, do replace referral, you know, for housing for people that, you know, if someone comes to you and then you can look there if there are any beds available in the city. Mm -hmm. And so you can, if there, there is a bed available, you can make a referral for that person okay. to be, and actually go and have a bed for that night mm -hmm. or that time. Or, and so for, to be able to, you know, to be assigned an account in that, you know, platform, mm -hmm. you need to go to, through a training. And okay. guess who is doing the training? You guys. The child. Oh, okay. Got, oh, okay. Yeah. Who was a client? You know, and then he chose to, you know, they said, well, it's, it's done. Yeah. And he's the one who trained me. Right. Okay. You know. Nice. So that then he continued, he, he, not only me, but all, all of us using that. He's the one doing the training. And the spark was showing him yes, love and, yes. and respect. So it's just to, you know, to care. And so we have that through the community fellowship or community outreach, we also have, have a program that it's called, you know, housing advocacy, mm -hmm. for instance, because most of the people there to rent, for instance, to rent a room, mm -hmm. there are some requirements mm -hmm. that you need to, to meet those requirements. Yeah. Credit score. Yeah. Your income. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so these are let's just say that these two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean normal people yeah. I'm gonna say normal people but like reg this that's, that's, that's a regular struggle. Yeah. Yes. That's a regular struggle. Credit yes. score and income yeah. to get a place. These are the requirement. And so for someone that actually has been working hard to, to get on their feet. Mm-hmm. But here, oh, he's a hindrance to that. Yeah. No, have it doesn't. Yeah, the person doesn't have enough credit score. The person doesn't have enough income, mm -hmm. or even zero income. But you know, food stamp. Yeah. And a voucher. How would you help the person? Right. And so, what we do, we through the, uh, housing advocacy, we manage to waive those requirements. Okay. So to waive that, so that person can actually get a house, get, get a house mm -hmm. and then, um, and found a job, yeah, you know, and 
get by with the activities. Yeah. We have currently those who actually, they are, excuse me, they, they volunteer, they're part of the team, volunteers mm -hmm. with us. We have, we have four currently that they've been through that process. Yeah. Of, um, you know, advocacy. You know, I feel like there's a big misconception sometimes that the, the people we see that may be in need don't, don't want to do better. You know, that, that, you know, they're lazy and, you know, they got to, you know, what's that pull up on your bootstraps, they say, or something like that. They need to go do this. And like you said, there are so many obstacles, yes. first and foremost, that come into play. And then there is that mental aspect, like you Absolutely. said, that, they you know just like anyone else those in need need to feel like they are cared about that they're respected that dignity mm -hmm. um in my experience i feel like it comes off worse when it's someone who by culture's means is above you or your superior so i often i feel like i, I mean i'd like to think i'm pretty good at respecting everybody at an even level as a human being as a human being i respect you and that is the, the basis of my respect for people. I understand that there, I guess there's like some honor that comes with certain positions. I never want to take away honor for things that people did. But at a base level, I don't feel like one, I'm better than anyone mm. or two, anyone else is better than me. Yes. And so, but when you come into certain rooms of people who have like a hierarchy according to the standards of the world and you're not treating them this, this certain way that everyone else is, you know, it comes off like, oh, he's prideful or he's just, and I'm just like, it's not pride. I just, like, I understand you're at this position, yes. but we're both humans. You know, I'm treating you with respect. I feel like I'm treating you with respect. I'm treating you the same way I would treat the person on the street. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, but I guess, you know, at that, when you do it with someone who is supposedly hiring you, it looks bad, you know, but I feel like the same level you treat the CEO mm -hmm. is the same type of respect you should treat. The one on the street. Absolutely. You know, you don't just have, oh, sorry, CEO, let me get out of your way. You know, <laughs> here's the floor for you. And then someone's walking down the street and you act like you don't see them. Yes. I think exhaustus, we have this, you know, golden, you know, it's a golden rule. Uh-huh. Is to treat every person that you will encounter uh -huh. as the most important person on earth. Yes. Yeah. So treat, it doesn't matter if it's the, the person you see, you know, in front of you. Mm-hmm. To treat that person as the most important person on earth. Yeah. So that's the that's how we approach people. Yeah. This is part of the philosophy that we, we do. Yeah. We use to, to serve people. And so going back to the service that we have, we have what is called, you know, street sanctuary. What is it? Street sanctuary. Oh, street street sanctuary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. street sanctuary is is the one like that, a tongue twister. <laughs> yes, that's the one is to bring the church to you know the gospel. Ah, uh, yeah. Places. Okay, yeah. And so currently we are we are, we serve every Sunday. Okay. At the Little Sisters of the Poor, it's a shelter. Okay. So okay. That's where we downtown. It's North Florissant. North Florissant. Okay. So that's where we, we you know every Sunday from nine to from from eleven till. 12 or 12 30. now do you guys rent that space out no, or is it no, given it's a to shelter you? it's a okay. shelter okay so we go there we bring okay them, so they know, that's uh we, we they give us you know this possibility to, to serve people there okay and so like last saturday last sunday mm -hmm. we had a couple baptism oh okay yeah, so and that it will account for 10 baptism total okay just through that yeah. century 
people that say, well, I want to give my life, you know, to give my life to God. And so, so switching sanctuary, it's where, you know, it's, uh, it's shifting like, you know, the, the center of the services, mm-hmm. uh, of the worship service, where, because in, when you go to serve, you know, to church, like mm-hmm. the pastor or the choir, mm-hmm. they are the focus of, you know, the, 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 the worship. Right, right. right? They're the one that, but in this, in street sanctuary, they become like the congregants, mm-hmm. they become the center of the service. Yeah. And so the sermon is, is made of their day-to-day struggle. Yeah. So it's, the gospel is made, you know, in such a way, it's made easy so they can digest mm-hmm. because they can relate to that. Yeah. Like the uh, two weeks ago, we had this parable of, you know, the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And so we have this, uh, this gentleman has been at- attending like for the past five months, you know, and he's never spoken because we give people, you know, feedback, they, you know, they, they, they make up the sermon. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. The, and so he's never spoken out, you know, he just came and it comes and drinks coffee and attend the service and, you know, lunch and, and, and leaves. Mm-hmm. And so, but that, that one actually particularly touched him. Yeah. And he opened up. He said, you know, this reminded me of, you know, myself and my, 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 my dad. Yeah. So I had, you know, my older brother, myself and my youngest brother. And so my dad, like he loved my younger brother so much, but mm-hmm. my younger brother, he will put us into a lot of distress. Mm-hmm. He said, well, he will, even when he went to prison and stuff like that, my dad was, my dad would visit him all the time. And so uh, he, there was a time he came and he took the, the TV in the, the kitchen, you know, the, he sold it, you know, to buy uh, yeah. things. And then when did that come, his dad actually, they made him to pay, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. Physically, you know, oh, okay. uh, made him pay, you know, for what his younger brother did. Yeah, and so he said he, he's tried to be good, so at least to you know his dad can could acknowledge that, just right. pat him in the back, but never did that happen. And so he, he said, maybe I should do something, for, you know, and go to go to jail. This way, my dad will. Yeah, and so that's what he did. Yeah, and so. And the story that really, you know, resonated with him mm-hmm. and the way he was, you know, portrayed, you know, just presented, you know, simply, you know, the most simplistic way for them to, to digest, yeah. relate to that. And so that's what Street Century does. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday at 11, we are try, we are on the way to open, open up in, in a second location. Okay. Which has a, the tiny homes, Jefferson. Oh, House. okay. So we, we serve there too. Yeah. And so, yeah. We have what is called winter safe haven. That's yeah. the, that's the third program. The winter safe haven during winter, as I say, seven out of ten mm-hmm. people that you find they don't have ID. Right. And so during winter, our own house brethren, so they they can those who can actually make it into shelters mm-hmm. because we don't have many shelters. Mm-hmm. They can't make it in there, and some they have. They, they've been traumatized traumatized in shelters. Mm-hmm. Some have been molested in, in shelters. Mm-hmm. And so some, they don't just want to, it's not a setting, you know, for them. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do? Because two years ago, they found 
in-house person that was actually, you know, a, you know, dead and frozen to death, you know, in his tent yeah. downtown. And so what do you do? You, would you let them just, you know, since they can make it into shelter, what do we do? Right. And for us, it's a commitment to serve them. Mm-hmm. Because that's the reason why we we know we exist for yeah you know to serve people when situations like that occurs yeah and so what we do during winter when uh, during cold snap when it gets below twenty five degrees mm-hmm. we place people into hotels sometimes we go from you know a week to two weeks okay uh, at the time and so we pay, we place them into motel rooms and so nice. that's where. As a basic case management is provided for them, you know, a lunch, a breakfast, lunch, dinner is provided mm-hmm. for them by the time they're there. And also we have people come in to pray for them and stuff like that. And so the latest project, program that is coming up, I, I think we talked about that. Yeah. It is the mobile shower. Yes, uh, yes, yes. yes. Uh-huh. So the mobile shower, it will be, you know, starting in mid-October or in, in uh, yes, okay. mid-October. Yeah. So it's, it's very exciting, you know, just thinking about it. To yeah. be able to to yeah and to, to to provide our brothers and sisters that possibility to to take a shower. Yeah, I mean that probably would just in itself yeah. eliminate sick some sicknesses because like sometimes yeah. germs just fester because yes, they don't have a way to get yes, clean. You know, so yeah, there was a guy. Yeah, that, there was a you know gentleman called. Say hey, I think I'm just gonna, I'm going to end it right now because I can't think straight. I haven't taken a shower for you know for, I can't even. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. So, and say, hey, you know, just could you give me a moment? I'll come and meet you there and then mm-hmm. we can talk. And so I had to drive. I, it was like around 11 p.m. Yeah. And close to, to midnight. And so I drove there and, you know, say, hey, would you like to spend the night at the hotel? Mm-hmm. You can take a, you can take a shower there. So yes, and then it took him there, but we had a long conversation there before actually willing to to give it a try. Yeah, because it was it was done, it was done, and so the, the very beginning of Inexalsis, which was in twenty twenty, we started right in the middle of COVID, mm-hmm. and so he, we had this the this dream to to have a mobile shop. Yeah, he was initially that's it. Yeah, yeah, and so well, these are stories that actually kept feeling that desire. Yeah, to have something like that that can provide people with the same, you know, that can not even provide them, but reconnect them with it. Yeah, to reconnect them with their dignity. And so this is something. It's a project that we are very, very excited about. Right. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it seems like in 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 Excelsius. Yes. Yeah. Is 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 really efficient and is really doing a lot. You know, I really liked when you talked about the the guy who had been coming for a couple of weeks just drinking coffee mm-hmm. and then finally heard something that touched him. I feel like we have to be careful in, in our ministries and in our churches or settings, wherever we're, you know, serving God at, that we are not smothering mm. certain people. Yeah. You know, sometimes when we think about what it means to love someone, we can sometimes put put, you know, a description on it. What's it mean to love someone? Oh, to hug them, yeah. to talk to them. You know, we have these actions that we associate, 
not thinking that those actions can push someone. Someone cannot feel loved yes. by you committing the love actions, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I like to think what it truly means to love someone is to figure out how do they feel loved, you know? And if you are pushing your idea of love on someone and they're not receiving it, do you really love them? You know, because you, yeah. it's like you're, you're, you're you are, twisting and hurt it's hurting them inside you know yeah. maybe not necessarily painfully you know physically but it's just like they're like i did not like this i did not want this and then they get pushed away and then they're away from the gospel away from hearing the word that they need to hear you know again those two three weeks went by and you know god knew that fourth week he was going to hear something that was going to touch him you know but imagine someone who, who comes and you know tries to put their image of what it meant to love on him and they're, hey, why don't you come come here, front seat? Why don't you, we got you a front, you know, we're trying to show honor. You know, yes. we got a front seat for you. Why don't you set up? A, it's like, I don't want to sit in the front seat. You know, I kind of just want to hang back and feel it. So I feel like that's just a word for all of us to just be, you know, in caution, you know, when we're doing our ministries, when we're serving, you know, what does it look like to love someone? And how, what does it look like to, to imagine how it is or try to figure out how it is that the people want to be loved? Absolutely. You know, when we're doing that, showing that love. Yeah. The, the, you know, the ministry of Inexorcise is the ministry of hospitality. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, and so the way we understand hospitality is, you know, like you mentioned about churches when we do ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we want to, we want people to, to accept the kind of love you're giving to them, mm-hmm. you know, just to fit it. Oh, well, mm-hmm. you, I'm showing this to you so you, you, you feel like I'm, you know, I love you. I'm yeah. welcoming you. But actually, you know, for us like the, the uh, hospitality is to you know to provide this space where when the person comes in, mm-hmm. there is nothing forced upon that person. That the person can actually be themselves, mm-hmm. all right, be themselves, and try to figure things for themselves. Yeah, and then to come up. Yeah, and blossom. Yeah, and so we, for us, it's just to be hospitable, show hospitality to people, open up. This is the platform. Street century we have, you know, the uh, coffee is provided in the morning, yeah. and so not everybody that that comes for coffee will actually stay for the mm-hmm. service. So service, and then we have lunch. So lunch is provided for, yeah. for the attendant, and so we want you know to replicate you know what. With, on Jesus models, when, yes. whenever he, he was with people, mm-hmm. there should be food. Yes, you know, yes, and, yes. You know to nourish them, you know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's why even in the prayer, you see in, the, in, in his prayer, yeah, you know, give me, you know, you give us our daily bread. Yes, he cares about you know mm-hmm. our, our our flesh as well. And so, and people that come for food, they're not necessarily those who attend the service, right? Yeah, and so. But we understand, you know, the way we believe that, you know, even through coffee, through food, mm-hmm. the gospel is being preached. Yeah. There is a there is a way that the gospel is preached that words cannot actually portray, cannot yeah. preach. Cannot preach that, but it has to be through coffee. Yeah. Or through lunch. Yeah. And so, so when people don't, you know, during lunch, it's packed. People come, mm-hmm. you know, and it's everybody's welcome. Not only those who are, yeah, you know, those who attended the service. It's not just for people attending the service. Yeah, 
anybody can come that is hungry, come and get some food, come and get mm-hmm. some coffee. And so, and when we, we know that, then soon you will see people that were only coming from coffee, it's just mm-hmm. for coffee. Yeah. You see them attending. Yeah. You'll see them all opening up. Yeah. Because we make the we create this environment of you know hospitality, right? Where they can come and be themselves. Just I'm coming only for the food. Yeah, that's what the person is here for. Yeah, right. Okay, you have it. Yeah, we don't complain at all. You know, we're happy that you can get something to eat. You can fellowship with us through food. Mm-hmm. You see, and then eventually, when the person find mm-hmm. or finds her or himself, yeah. Then they can okay. This is where I belong. Right, be in the circle. Yep, and that's so that's it's so powerful because at that point it becomes that person's choice, yes. which is the same thing that God gives us. He doesn't force us into relationship with Him or to choose or force us to receive Jesus. You know, He gives us free will, and He allows us to make the choice to come to Him. And then it's not like we come to him and then he smothers us and is like, okay, you need to stay here. You know, I don't know. Like, it's not like we're trapped, you know, and handcuffed and we, you know, are like stuck here now. No, he, he, once you get into that relationship with him, you dwell in his presence. It's, it's again, it's a place you want to be. It's a place you feel like you, you, you're supposed to be. Cause you start finding purpose. You know, the reason that the creator created you, Yes. you know, and Amen. you start to, to love to be in this place. And so it's not, I always want to be clear, when you come into Christianity, you receive Jesus, it does not mean everything goes smoothly. You know, we got to be so clear with that. I feel like that, I've heard that preach before, and then people get into the faith, and then the devil senses it, and brings on the attack and they're like what the heck is going on i thought when i became a christian things were gonna go smooth and i'm like who told you that because if, <laughs> if you if we, you know when if they are we're reading the bible the bible talks a lot about persecution yeah. and suffering for the sake of jesus so those things are going to happen but it's still when i'm like going through certain things i'm like where else i'm gonna go you know you know what i mean yeah. like i'm 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 with the, you know, I serve a God, the creator of all things, the, the you know, the Lord of Lord, the King of Kings, yeah. who can handle any, what is too big for him. And once you start looking at it that way, and when you really get into the word, I always talk about getting into the word because the Bible talks about the, the transforming of the mind, the renewing of the mind. Yes. And that needs to take place because now I look at certain things. It's like, okay, what is God showing me through this? What is, what is he trying to build in me? Where is he trying to take me? You know, who am I going to help that this is going to relate? Your problems look different mm-hmm. when you serve God and you get in relationship with him. There's a purpose for it, you know, or he's working something out of you that you have been struggling with, you know, but there's, there's going to be purpose in what he's asking you to do, what he's bringing you to do, where he's leading you. But also that same, that same guy that, you know, took the three weeks and then that story touched him about the prodigal son yeah actually five months five months was five months coming, coming. <laughs> okay five months you, yeah you know, seeing nothing yeah just come get yeah. coffee you know sometimes there it's out and just sitting you know just running yeah for five months and then from that story wow you know and he, he opened up saying, yeah and, and, you know yeah um, so i know we're 
we're at a time where, you know, depression is at an all-time high. Everyone's just trying to get through life, you know, with inflation and no. trying to just, like, live, you know. It, yeah. It's tough. But I, I I feel like a lot of people can relate to kind of his story. It's almost like if you're, even if you're, like, a, a functioning addict, you know, like, you can, you have mastered being able to get things done while struggling, your struggle goes, goes unnoticed. Mm. You know, and so it's like you're dealing with the same thing and, and it's not a competition, but you're dealing with the same pr- thing that the person who's breaking down is dealing with. But they're getting detention. They're getting comfort because, you know, it's an outward expression. I'm not, you know, talking about a person who breaks down, but I'm just saying the person who doesn't and they can still come to work every single day, get things done. They can still hold their life together. People look at them and think they have it together. Yeah, They are hurting inside, too. And it can lead to something, you know, eventually where you want that attention. I remember in school, the I'm just going to say the bad kids, the bad kids, <laughs> when they would do one thing right that yeah. I did all the time, they got rewarded. I'm like, what? Well, hold on. How does this work? Yeah. Because I always turn my homework in yeah. and they get a snack <laughs> because they did it today. Like, you know. Or like, it was like a, a group called Boys the Men, you know, and it was for like the trouble boys that was always getting suspended. Wow. They got to go on field trips when they would just behave. I'm like, wait a minute. I behave every day, you know? And yeah. so you can start getting in that mindset of like, you know, what is happening here? And it's kind of uh, inadvertently the reward system has begun to shift that way that those who... Not may not do as much when they do do something, something that you're already doing. You don't really get praised for efficiency. You know, there's a big talk in the workplace is if you're too good at your job, you're not going to get promoted because they need you there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Do not. I'm not going to say don't be too good at your job because the Bible says, you know, work as unto the Lord. Everything you do, he's the promoter. So that's like the mindset I have adapted. But I'm not going to lie. I have been at that point where I'm like, I'm not going to work that hard because like. I clearly see I'm too good at this job to be moved. And you're going to promote someone who's... (laughs) You know, when it comes to, you know, being too good at your work, it's it's about your own integrity. Mm -hmm. You know, what is... For instance, like this afternoon, actually, I went to, um, you know, to get lunch. And so I ordered... And so my order wasn't, you know, uh, because it's been like a long time, like almost a year. Yeah. Even like... And then McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> and so I stopped at McDonald's. I said, okay, well, you know what? I just mm-hmm. to try to impact all days. I said, well, let me get like a, a, a double quarter pounder. Uh-huh. And so I went and ordered that. And so they gave me, you know, a bag and, you know, my lunch bag. And so I went, there wasn't any fries. Mm-hmm. And it was a quarter pounder. I ordered for a double quarter pounder. Yeah. I paid for And it was a quarter pounder. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well... I'm gonna say, is this a double double quarter pounder? Say, oh, you're sorry, I apologize. And so uh, I went back. I said, you know what? Just just leave it. And uh-huh. so I ate my quarter pounder and no fries. And I said, well, maybe they they just conspiring to you know since I've been working trying to you know to watch my diet. And yeah. Stuff like that. Maybe <laughs> there is some some confusion <laughs> happening, so they don't want me to uh-huh. <laughs> to fail or to cheat on my my diet. Uh huh. And so. When I was like, you know, you know, 
looking at the, the, the thing. And so he came back, he gave me a double quarter pound. I said, well, just to make up for the mistake, mm-hmm. right? And so I said, which I eventually had it and said, hey, and when I was about to leave the place, I said, you know, that doesn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah. And so I went back to them. I said, hey, well, there was a mistake, which happens. I know it's uh, it's noon and a lot mm-hmm. of people and stuff like that. So I would like how much does a quarter pounder, pounder cost so I can actually pay for it. Gotcha. So you felt bad that you ate the yeah. quarter pounder and then yeah. they gave you the double quarter yeah. pounder. And so mm-hmm. they said, no, it's all right. So now I said, no, it doesn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, you don't want to, you know, to mirror that with you know like the job part of it it's it's about your integrity yeah you know if you you do things like you say you know like the bible says to do things to honor god yeah you know our father not mm-hmm. to honor anybody but to honor god and so when you do that it's like it's for your own integrity so what yeah. god i'm in peace with you I, yeah you are you're proud of me mm-hmm and part of what, even what, even though they don't see well, what I'm bringing to the table, yeah, you are proud of me, and yeah. so because, hey, everything that we do on this earth is, you mm-hmm. know, is just for a little time, yeah, you know, the eternity, yeah, it's what we are after, yeah, right, and so we we don't want to allow anything, you know, any anything to 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 stand in the way of that aspiration, yeah. To, to, you know, to spend eternity with, you know, um, yeah. with your father. So it's, the, the parables are huge, like on um, an ending source of your wasting yeah. parables. Like for when you mentioned, you know, that at school you turn your, your papers and, you know, homework. Yeah, right. Time. But, you know, it's, it's like that, you know, prodigal son. You, yeah. know, you can see yourself. And when that, you know, when the, the, that gentleman came out and spoke, and when he spoke, I was like, oh, God. We, most of us, we see ourselves into that. And mm-hmm. the, the, the part actually that really hurt, you know, hurt me, it was when he said he had to, you know, you know, just in seeking his dad's approval, he mm-hmm. had to do something against the law. Yeah go to jail hoping that his dad will actually also be part mm-hmm. of, which never happened right and it's, it's so it was unfortunate yeah but you know you, you never know when during the sessions when we have a lot of wisdom you know come out of those people there yeah and so and that's the beauty about the gospel the gospel you know God can Use that. Use anybody, you know, to, mm-hmm. to speak about. As I say, if he was able to use like a, a donkey to, right? Yeah. <laughs> to use anybody, yeah. Uh huh. And there is a book that I'm reading now. Don't let the enemy at the table. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing book. It's based on the you know the book of Psalm. Psalm okay. Or, yeah. Uh, the Psalms. Twenty three. Oh, oh, Psalm twenty three. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the I walk in a shower. Is that that one? Yeah, the Lord yeah. my shepherd. Yep, yep, okay. You see, and so he, they said he set like a table in front of my enemy. Yeah. And so, table for me in front of my enemies. Mm-hmm. My enemies not invited. Right. And so, and the book is telling us to not be the one to invite the enemies mm-hmm. to this table that the Lord okay. has 
said for us. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's, you know, it's something that I will carry to you. you know, okay. So okay. Yeah. So whenever you're going through hard times, know that you are, you know, the Lord's table. And when usually in kingdoms stories, it's during when you have like a, you eat with the king mm -hmm. or that you, you have like this opportunity to ask yeah. whatever you want to. So uh, this is just come to my mind. What what would be like one example of inviting your enemies to that table? Does it so, talk about that? Yes, it does talk okay. about that. It does talk about that. I'm like, oh man, like what what does that look like? Am I inviting enemies to my table? Yes, <laughs> it, it does talk okay. about that. And it's like you know, one of the, the one of the, the the thing of inviting the enemy at the table is to trying, you know, to please everybody. Mm -hmm. Or to you know to allow, you know, when they say you're not good, you know this and this, mm -hmm. and to allow that to become, or to allow the opinion to become your reality. Yeah. And so when you open that door, like you know those the things that have been said, you bring them in. Yeah. And so said instead of going to people, you know, or holding people in in your heart or holding situations. Blaming on people, mm -hmm. right? Bring him to the world because you are his table, and so he will be able, you know, and talk to him. Talk yeah, to him fat. talk to you, fat. So, and the enemy there, you know, it's the devil, you know, yeah, invite him to the table because he said it specifically says he set a table in front of the enemy, yes, mm -hmm. yeah, so you know. <laughs> When you try to paint that picture, it's <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's a it's a profound picture mm -hmm. that you're having like a a date with God. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um. I I I, I have you know, there is the book and uh, and with the uh, also like the study book too. Okay. So it comes with you know you have the book and you have the the study material, and this is what you're trying to be able. Uh, use it with the guys too with our house brothers. Oh, okay, guys. Gotcha. So it's a, it's something on Thursday, like as we're talking now, they're having a Bible study. Oh, okay, yeah, Bible study. Yeah, yeah, right now. So. Nice. So the last scripture I wanted to read here is in Luke fourteen. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and read this. So this from fifteen to twenty four. Okay, Luke fourteen from fifteen to twenty four. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. We're just talking about eating at the feast. <laughs> Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to, them, to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town 
and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes. Another passage says the highways and the byways. That's what most people recognize the scripture as. And compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. And I wanted to really zone in on verse 23. Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in. And that really makes you think about, you know, the the street ministry that you guys have when you're bringing the, the gospel to the shelters and to the people who need it most. Yeah, you know, street sanctuary, like when you bring the gospel out there, you bring the gospel to people that, you know, we don't expect them to pay, you know, their tithes or their offerings, you know. Mm-hmm. We don't expect that. Right. It's just to share the gospel with them, you know, to serve to be able to share that good news Mm -hmm. and because you know we believe that they're deserving to to hear that message yeah yeah that it's a great story yeah yeah it's a great story and you know we've learned a lot on the streets we've been blessed a lot too Mm -hmm. yeah you know serving people there it, it's 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 an honor. It's a, it's a privilege for us to be in that position. Yeah, you know to to see to witness what actually hope mm-hmm. is. Because when you're in a comfortable situation, you know it hope becomes a word for you. Yeah, but for people that are actually they're living in such dire conditions. Yeah, right. It's their life. It has meaning. Yeah. When, you know, you can actually see what hope. Yeah. How they're clinging on that, you know, on that hope. Yeah. And so, and it just helps us to, it it just sharpens our our faith. Yeah. You know, and to continue to hope in God. Um, Yeah. So, it's a blessing. So, for any of our listeners who have been listening, and this has really touched their heart, is there anything that you would suggest if they're thinking, you know, I've been wanting to get involved, get out and help, you know, either on their own or, you know, join in. And we're going to, if we can, we're going to try to get some information for yeah. an Excelsius from you, for anyone yeah. who's interested in supporting that. But for any listeners who are at home and they're wanting to like take that first step, you know, what are, what are some things that you can think of to share with them to help them to get on the path of helping needy if that's something that God is putting on their heart right now? Yes. So one simple trick that I can, you know, something that I can share with you, it's, you know, McDonald's five, you know, McDonald's or Wendy's or any Best fast food, $5 gift card. Mm-hmm. So we, you see with the $5 gift card, you're not just providing lunch, you're not providing, you know, coffee, you're not providing just dinner to someone, but you are providing that person with the possibility to get in and use the place as a cooling cooling center, to use the, to use the restroom, and just clean up. So with the five dollar, they see how much you can accomplish. Food, mm-hmm. shelter, mm-hmm. you know, and also clean, you know, like a cleaning station. Yeah, I've never thought about that. So just with a five dollar gift card. Yeah. This is how much you provide. 
Yeah. And so, and so this is a simple way you know, that you can start if you want to, to, you know, to bring the good news out there at $5. When you, you stopped and you, you meet someone on the road, you know, the, you know, hey, ask the person, what's your name? Or, you know, present yourself, hey, my, my name is this, and ask the person, what's your name? And because it means that you see me, you mm-hmm. want to, you know, to, to, you know, you're interested into the person I am, not just the, uh, you know, that standing man or woman there, mm-hmm. but you wanted to know who I am, you, you see me, and that's meaningful. And also, uh, if you want to prepare some gift, uh, you know, care package, you can write a note, or maybe your prayer, you can write a little prayer and mm-hmm. put in there, or your favorite verse, you can put in there and then share with them. So these are things that, you know, uh, little things that ministry can start with. This is a way to start ministry. And, um, you know, to not think big, but these those little things that make the difference. We continue to do that. During winter, we have, we always have five, you know, those gift cards. Always have mm-hmm. them. Because we believe, it's a, during winter, that during the day, they can use that to use the restroom also, you know, to stay warm. Mm-hmm. And have food as well. Yeah. And during the heat wave, they can also use that to cool off. Yeah. And, you know, use the restroom. I have definitely never thought of it because obviously if they're just hanging around the establishment, you know, yeah. the manager is going to come and be like, hey, don't hang around here. But if yeah. there are. Yeah. Five dollars, you know, you give them dignity. You give them, you know, you give them power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like with the five, not money, but I say five dollars. Right. Yeah. You give them power to go in there. You empower mm-hmm. them to go in there and use, you know, now they have the, the right yeah, they are entitled to use the restroom yeah. to use the space. Mm-hmm. You know, to cool up. Yeah, that is amazing. Just five. Give yeah, up. and then when you talk about the packages, mm-hmm. I think I told you this. That's something that me and my kids yeah, um, have absolutely. done in the past. We haven't done it this summer, but I think like the last three summers we would do like sandwiches, mm-hmm. uh, cereal bars, you know, bottles of water. If I could, I would literally try to fill the freezer. In the, in the summertime with yeah. bottles of water yeah. and literally hand out ice bottles, you know, because if it's hot outside, it's going to melt. Yeah. And then they got some cold water, you know. So usually what we do, we, we purchase, like, but uh, as an organization, yeah. it's not a personal right. <laughs> So as an organization, we purchase those, you know, disposable cooler, those styrofoam. Oh, cooler. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll put them on, you know, like a stop sign for every head, you know, mm-hmm. there's a, a uh, group of people there, and so we will put water and drinks in there. Just put it there, and so oh, they can come and cool up. Nice. And so usually we, we put them around around town, so okay. That, and then afterward, we can just come and collect. That, that hits a lot more people than me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's another way mm-hmm. that to use. But again, that's it's a good way, you know, to show the children, yeah, you know, the kids how to. To be compassionate, you know, to see human beings, mm-hmm. you know, before any other things, to see humanity yeah. to people, even if you know it doesn't matter what the way they look, yeah, you know, but to see God's glory, yeah. And there's been times where I felt like, I mean, even still, I feel like there are times when I feel like God is calling me to pray with someone, and it's yeah. like it's kind of scary, it's kind of hard, 
but I I felt more comfortable. And there were times that me and my kids actually prayed to people. We would give them a package, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and then be like, "Do you mind if we pray with you?" Absolutely. You know, it's like it's like a, it's like the intro, the segue yeah. into being able to yeah. to do that. I don't know why for me it just feels weird to just walk up to somebody. Which I mean, I have the one time I literally drove down the street three times back and forth. Because I really feel like God was telling me to call, pray for this homeless person. And I just was like, man, like literally three, I literally turned around, came back, and I finally like parked and walked over. And I was like, can I pray? He's like, yes. You know, he was like yeah. really wanting it. And so I really know that was God calling me to do that. But it was just so hard for me for some reason to just pull over and do that. But that handing out packages makes it I think easier. Just, you know, doing that also sharpens our, our faith as well. Mm-hmm. I remember. One of our, you know, she used to be our clients. Now she's a team member. Okay. Actually a team leader. A team leader. And so she called me very excited. Say, well, I want to share something with you. And you remember, we went to the tiny homes. And then so there were the, I just met a couple downtown. Mm-hmm. And so they asked me to pray for them. And I prayed for them. You know, right there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I prayed for them, and so I've never felt that joy in my heart. Mm-hmm. So, for her, she thought she was she was praying for them, but actually, she ministered to the to herself as well. Yeah. So praying is it's always it, it, it's really essential for you know for for believers yeah. for disciples. Yeah. Know, I I I usually don't like to use the term Christians, but. The, disciples of Christ and followers. Mm-hmm. It's really important, you know, it's important for us to pray, you know, to hold each other in prayers and to share because mm-hmm. it's something it's free. Yeah. It's free. It's it's something free that we can but powerful. That's, that that yeah. share. Powerful. You know? Yes. It's it's free but you know powerful. And last time like you know we, we shared with the guys, hey, well God listens to, mm-hmm. to our prayers. Mm-hmm. He does listen to our prayers. He does really listen to our prayers because there was an example. Two weeks ago, we saw there was a wedding. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that we do too. Because yeah. when we have couples in shelters, you know, and they say, well, after service, we really think it's time for us to get married as we're moving on to our next level. And so we organized the wedding. Yeah. So uh, a simple wedding, but, you know, full of joy. Yeah. You know, and imagine... <laughs> At the eve of the wedding on, on Friday, the the bride didn't have and she just she didn't know what she would, she would wear the next day. Mm-hmm. Usually she nothing. She didn't have. She did. She didn't know what to wear the next day. Yeah. And so around ten, uh, it was nine, ten, nine, ten. So I call. I text. Hey, do you know what you're gonna wear tomorrow mm-hmm. for the wedding? She said, No, I don't. But we really want to get married. Yeah. So I was like, God, and then I prayed. Right. Lord, yeah. I, you know, I don't know, but I'm just trusting you. Mm-hmm. And so after praying, he came to my, hey, well, you usually get stuff on Facebook market. Mm-hmm. So I looked on Facebook market, so well, you know, wedding gown and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Found one, texted her right away. Say hey, I'm very interested into your thing, and so please let me know if I can pick it up even tonight or tomorrow. And she say yes, and I said, well, actually, it's for we have a person, a house person that you know they're gonna get married. But guess what? That lady, 
she decided to to donate that nice for free and shoes yeah and so that you know when Answer I told prayer. Her, God he listens yeah. to that prayer yeah he listens and so when you pray mm-hmm. he goes out there it will do its purpose yeah accomplish its purpose verses when you pray believe that you have received mm-hmm. what it is that you have asked for yeah you know believe it's already done but yeah that's awesome yes that's sir. awesome yes sir and keep doing the good job the good work man yeah well, i appreciate you coming on man, oh, and, man. And, and sharing and it's I, my pleasure my yeah pleasure you know i really try my best to not complain yeah you know to not complain but to to say all is grace mm-hmm. all is grace just give thanks to god and to learn through it yeah through the pain you know through disappointment to learn through it mm-hmm. and, um, because you know i used to be the type of person that really you know i can cut people easily yeah you know when i'm i'm hurt it's, it's over mm-hmm. but i have learned you know with with people praying for me too i learned mm-hmm. to to not just give up on people yeah see have some uh, grace yeah grace yeah yes. Yeah, so that's 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 where I am right now. Yeah, in this in my fifth journey. Right. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Would you mind closing us out in prayer? Oh, of course, I don't mind. <laughs> so let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this wonderful time that you've granted us to spend together with my brother JB and also with the people out there listening to 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 also get. I'm so thankful for his life. I'm so thankful for his family, oh God, for his ministry, because nobody can actually just wake up in the morning and say, let me go and preach the gospel, Lord, without you being the author, without you being the commissioner, oh God. And so you're so thankful that you have been shining the light upon his life, upon him and his family, Father. And I'm so thankful for just giving us this opportunity to to spend time together, to know each other, and to encourage one another, oh Father. As we are getting ready to leave this place, we pray for your grace, for your mercy, and for your protection for those who currently are on the streets, oh God, those who are struggling, trying to find a way home, or trying to to find a meaning to their lives, oh Father, that you may meet them wherever they are, and to to be a mirror so they can actually see uh, the image of you in their in themselves again. We're thankful for this moment. We pray for all the people listening and you know those who may be going through hard times, through a breakup, through or get a grief or get them. Uh, I pray that you may comfort them. You may answer their prayers and you may shine lights uh, your light upon their face of Father. That they may see your glory and find you and embrace your God and peace of mind. Oh, we give you thanks. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for joining another episode of On Earth As It Is In Heaven. And I'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to another episode. I hope today you received an on-time word from God and found the inspiration you needed to take action in whatever it is that God has called you to do. Tune in next week to hear another Holy Spirit-led conversation about how together 
we will bring heaven here on earth according to God's will.